this you just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us. Preaching about prophets. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to the goddess. Goddess. Got it. Goddess. Got it. Hello and welcome to the Strong Women Power Half Hour. Going to be an hour today because we have the amazing Kathy Moulton of Kalila on. But I am your podcast host and women's empowerment specialist, Kelly Hickey. Welcome to the Strong Women Power Hour, your podcast to encourage, energize, and educate you on your path through womanhood. As I mentioned, I'm Kelly. I'm the director of Strong Women Co. It's a company devoted to empowering women to be their strongest, happiest, and healthiest selves. You can check us out at strongwomenco.com to check out more about me and the programs and the kits that we have on the go. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram for daily inspiration. Uh, a lot of people giving a lot of love to their, uh, we are currently, I think it's close, just under 18,000 followers on Facebook, hoping to get it to 20,000 in the next uh, month or so. So if there's anyone that you know that could get daily inspiration on, uh, from a, a platform like us, it's all about women's encouragement and empowerment, uh, just send us, uh, send a link along so that the sharing is caring. And also, of course, we do have our, our free Facebook tribe. All these links are going to be in the show notes. And uh, just a, a big shout out to our new members of the Facebook uh, tribe. Uh, I just uh, accepted over 100 women in our tribe from all over the world. It was kind of like a, a mass kind of like in because a lot of a lot of women in the last several weeks have been asking to join. And who am I to deny women uh, camaraderie and sisterhood? My goodness, what what uh, it was almost so many so many uh, countries represented. There was Belgium, Germany, Australia, uh, the UK. There was Chile, Mexico, of course Canada, the USA, India, Bolivia, South Africa, Northern Ireland, Portugal, Spain. Um, did I say New Zealand? Anyway, women from all over the world are reaching out and uh, stepping forward and saying, okay, I need connection. I, I, I want a sisterhood and I want a safe space on the internet uh, to express my uh, realities and womanhood. So we are happy to provide that. And of course, also in that tribe, um, from time to time, you'll get uh, some extra things, including different videos. This week, I did a Life Tip Tuesday video discussing how, how you treat yourself in the pandemic is how you treat yourself in life. And just reminding yourself, uh, reminding you to, um, to be nice to yourself and, and uh, to see this kind of as a microcosm and to also see it as an opportunity to maybe treat yourself a little better, ease up on yourself. So yeah, lots of love there for the tribe. Um, I'm just, I, I, I love going into the tribe and uh, I'm, I'm much appreciated for all those fantastic women in there. Uh, I want to do a special welcome to any of our new listeners, either from the surrounding surrounding Kalila community in Italy uh, and worldwide. Everyone, uh, we are so happy to have you here with us. And if you know anyone who would enjoy or get something out of our podcast, please share. Uh, we have an archive of evergreen shows for you to, for your listening pleasure. Um, everything, all kinds of different cool, empowering topics. Uh, including self-love, um, self-compassion, uh, being more queen and less princess, uh, being sensitive. There's, there's a whole lot of them. And also including a show on um, maternal health, which was our first episode of Kathy. We mentioned a little bit in this. Um, because we don't spend any money on uh, ads or advertising. So uh, everything we do is completely organically grown. So literally sharing is the way you get us out there. So uh, I just want to mention how our, our uh, amazing guest coming up, Kathy. Uh, she is just... Uh, one of those girlfriends you could just talk to forever. Uh, you may hear me a couple of times uh, as we just, just talk. I try to wind down the conversation, uh, but then she says something interesting. It gets me going again. Uh, she's literally just one of those girls, girlfriends you could talk to forever. 
Uh, and I just want to mention too, things are changing quickly with research and public opinion and attitudes. This was a conversation we had last week and some things are already changing on how people on different numbers and how things are opening and, and people's feelings with masks and all of that. So it's just, uh, you know, it's amazing to see how quickly this is changing. And as of recording, my island, Newfoundland, and uh, the province, including the big land of glorious Labrador, Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada, that is my province, we have only four active cases uh, most of the world is trying to figure out how to emerge from this global pandemic. And, uh, of course, I know that means you, too. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what it means, what it looks like if you have kids, what that possibly looks like for you. You know, even if you don't have kids, you know, um, if you're a summer student, you're trying to figure, or you would have been a, a summer student, you're trying to figure out work. You know, there's just all of this um, uncertainty, and we're, we're just stumbling out of the dark, really, uh, but we're stumbling together. And I just wanted to remind you how powerful and capable you are. Uh, and I wanted to remind you how adaptive you are. I wanted you to think about uh, uh, all the times in your life that you have been resilient. And yes, resiliency was a topic in our show. Uh, resiliency is about coming back. You know, you get punched, you get the Chumbawamba song. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down, right? This resiliency, this getting back up, you are adaptive. I see people being so adaptive. I see them adapting their lives, their businesses, their creativity. We are an adaptive species, um, and we are a logical species that's going to figure this out. But I also wanted to remind you that you have gotten through every bad thing that has ever happened or came up for you. And you're going to get through this, too. And we're going to get it through it together. Uh, and you are not alone. And if you're feeling all the feels, if you're confused, I certainly have felt pretty all over the place the last week. I even had like a migraine, which was very unusual for me. Uh, there's a lot of different sensations coming up. Uh, sometimes I just feel confused <laughs> about what I even feel or think. Um, so shout out to you to anyone else who's just, you know, we're all stumbling through the dark together. Um, and uh, towards that light, right? Towards that big, beautiful light uh, of, of some kind of world where uh, we, we can live the lives with freedom and movement uh, and safety. And we will figure it out one way or another, uh, and we can do this together. So let's get our usual breaths in. Shoulders away from your ears. A little stretch on your neck if you want. And first, we're just going to close our eyes lightly, unless you're driving. And even if you are driving right now, it's just like nice, couple of easy breaths. Just be in your body for a moment. And notice if there's any place that's holding a lot of tension. Maybe it's your neck, maybe it's your shoulders. Maybe your shoulder blades, maybe the small of your back, your hips, your knees. Whatever is feeling like there's tension there for you, just go ahead and give that part of your body a little love. A little softness. You can say, I, I, I see you, shoulder. I, I see you. I feel you. Give you some love. And now relaxing the space between your eyes, relaxing your jaw, letting your shoulder down away from your ears. Let's do a nice solid inhale through the nose, noticing the cool air. Hold for a moment. like that. In through the nose, nice, steady, clear. Out with the other side. <sighs> Just a couple of easy breaths here. Eyes closed if you can. Now this breath will be a nice big one collect your whole self up from wherever you've been left. Breathe nice, deep, and steady. 
Oh. And out with a big sigh. <sighs> All right. Let's do this. Well, Kathy, I am so excited that you are here. I was thinking about it before you came on. You are our first returning guest. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was like, yeah, no, she's definitely the first person who's been on it twice as a, as a guest. Um, and for our listeners, Kathy was on, um, it was a maternal health episode uh, that we did. That was, ooh, that was year one. I don't know. Your episode, like five. <laughs> so, wow. It was like when we were babies. Um, and uh, of course, you had a baby on your arm uh, the first time uh, we met at uh, Second Cup. Yeah. Uh, and what is she like? Three now? What is she? Two? No, she'll be two at the end of this month. Time is so weird. I don't even know anymore. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Kathy, just just to before we dig into all the things we want to talk about and share. Um, just tell folks a little bit about yourself so they know the amazing, strong, kick-ass powerhouse you are. Well, you can't beat an introduction like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but specifics. specifics. <laughs> so um, I'm from Newfoundland originally, um, and I live in Milan, Italy. I've been here, it'll be eight years this, this June. Uh, I moved here after my first child was born. She was about five, five to six weeks when we moved here. Um, my background is in law and community development. Um, and when I moved to Milan, I worked as a corporate lawyer for a little bit of time, very, very short amount of time. Um, and then I moved more into the maternal health world. Uh, I ran uh, a business dedicated to maternity products for a long time. And from there, I developed a, a program of courses. So I now run a, a center in Milan that's dedicated to maternal health, uh, women's health. It's called Kalila Community. And... Uh, I, I help to organize all of the activities, but I work with a great team of women who all offer services. And um, I teach myself yoga. Uh, I teach. I teach myself. I teach <laughs> yoga myself uh, out of the out of the center. Um, and uh, I'm currently uh, training to be a family mediator. That's my. Uh, I'm kind of going back to law because, of course. Um, being a lawyer in a different country than your own is quite difficult. So um, now I'm going back to that, that, to that world, slowly but surely. I'm not sure if you said that you were a mom of three or not in there. No, I'm a mom of three. I've had two other children. <laughs> Might as well, I guess. I'm just kidding. Kind of time consuming. So Kathy is uh, one of those kinds of people when you meet her, she's has so many different things um, on the go and has passion and caring and giant heart, but she's also extremely logical and practical uh, and pragmatic and uh, has developed, uh, she's, she's underselling herself. She has developed many major things and I'm super excited and thrilled and so proud of you for where Kalila has gone as well. Yeah, I'm Headphones, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, it's less echoey. That's awesome. There we go. <laughs> and you probably won't hear my two-year-old screaming in a few minutes because that's for sure to happen. Um, <laughs> hashtag mom life in quarantine. So, so yes, my uh, amazing sister. Well, what's really super funny is even in a quarantine, uh, you know, I guess it technically we're supposed to have more time, but I am not less busy. And oh, no. I, no, you aren't either as a mom. And so like, I feel like, you know, before it was really hard to kind of connect with your girlfriends and, and to, to really make sure to take that time. But even now, the only time I'm talking to my girlfriends is for work, right? Like I have to schedule a Zoom call uh, yeah. and it has to be for work or, or a podcast or something like this. So this is like, uh, and that was the way my life was before. <laughs> That's similar. Similar thing kind of going on now, but I think there is this kind of like, I guess some people, mostly probably people without kids 
and um, you know who don't and people who don't have extreme work um, uh, things on their plate have more time but uh, it doesn't feel like more time for the most of us so I wanted to talk to you for a bagillion things but um, one you were you were in Milan yes so of course you have been dealing with uh, the COVID realities of quarantine uh, two to four weeks more than the rest of the world, really, because yeah. it just hit uh, Italy, uh, Italy's population first. So I wanted to kind of talk to you to see how things were going for you now to kind of maybe give us some insight into what other parts of the world could expect. And uh, just kind of wanted to talk to you about like, you know, mom life and, you know, you are, you, you just moved your store, right? You had a whole maternity store you did, that was right before the quarantine. Yeah. Um, you've had, you've, you're doing so much, you're still doing your, your videos, you're still doing that. So um, I want to talk to you about what has helped you stay sane and hold it together uh, during this time and anything else that you want to talk about, get off your chest, vent, bitch, wow. whatever. We are here to listen. <laughs> what has happened? Well, I have, for one, I have um, over the years, because I've been so lucky to meet so many um, moms in general, but a, a great group of moms who are like me. They're not actually from Milan. They're usually... Not all of them, but most of them are are married um, to Italians, or just have some. I mean, and some level, some um, element of internationalism to them. So they speak English. So we all kind of bonded through that. Because at the end of the day, it is nice to be able to speak to people in your own language, and you kind of have the same cultural references. So I have that great group of friends on WhatsApp, and you know, we just send memes through like little you know snapshots or pictures of stuff that we've seen um the other day i sent uh <laughs> i sent one it was like quarantine games like name the top three appliances you've been using in the last two months <laughs> and it was like vacuum cleaner and coffee machine were <laughs> high up on the list and one person was like if i had an electronic wine opener that would be good. <laughs> uh, just like little things to make you laugh like one of them was like why hasn't there been an app to uh, just you know count how many times my kid can say mom in the span of like a day and i was like because it exploded mom. in the first mom. five minutes that it came mom. out like, <laughs> Mom, mom, <laughs> Come on. nothing mom. could count all of that. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely been um, uh, uh, something that's kept me sane. Just having those little like snippets of humor and uh, reaching out and connecting with other people and like that kind of making things be a little bit better. Um, I guess like it's it's been kind of weird. Like when everything first kind of I want to say like hit. Mm -hmm. uh, at end of February, it was kind of like surreal. Like, you know, it was sort of like we couldn't really imagine that what happened in Wuhan, like with everything shutting down, would really actually happen here. Um, and it was kind of scary because, you know, like things hit really fast and the death rate went up really, really fast. And um, I remember at the beginning, like people weren't really taking it that seriously. And I had ha had a book, had booked a trip to the UK for a training that I didn't want to miss. And I remember being like, I'm just going to stay home and stay away from everybody so that in like a few weeks when I have to leave, I can be, tell, like, tell them like, you know, I was home and they'll let me leave. Kind of thinking at the time that like I would be able to leave because nobody thought that it was going to get so insane oh. um and we even had we had a book a trip booked um for a weekend away like a long weekend that we rebooked for like you know the beginning of may type thing being like okay for sure by then yeah, yeah. normal we've we've since lost that trip as well <laughs> um and it was a sort of like the first few weeks we were like i was like okay i never really get a chance to be with the kids um, you know, it's either you're working or you're on a vacation. And when you're on vacation, it's sort of like it's vacation mode. So like you're going places, even if you're just camping, like you're still, you know, getting up and every day, you're not really just sitting at home and reading all of those books that you've bought that you never, like, or the puzzles that you have in the closet that you don't get time to put together. I mean, Milan time is really different. I would say from, from Newfoundland, like, you know, we leave to go to school at 8am and I finish work at 730 in the evening and you know my kids we have supper with them around eight and they go to bed around nine nine thirty 
that's just the way, you know, and I actually finish relatively early for people <laughs> in Milan. Um, so, you know, we don't have that much quality time at home in the evenings to do those like, you know, arts and crafts that people give us for birthday gifts. So the first week or two, it was all about like, let's do every single thing that we've accumulated in the last seven and a half years <laughs> and do all of those things. And that was, was kind of fun. It was sort of just like, okay, it's happening. Let's just enjoy it. Um, and then I guess after about, you know, week one or week two, um, you know, it was, I was still filming a few videos um, and putting them on YouTube. And then we sort of, we were like, okay, well, let's, let's mobilize everything and try to do as much stuff as we can online. And that's when we started doing um, courses, like live courses online. Um, we started organizing um, these sort of like virtual meetings for moms. Cause we do a lot of meetings for moms, like with the doulas, um, or with breastfeeding meetings where the moms get to meet up and they get asked questions. So we started to do those virtually and we had a really, really big uh, uh, number of moms who signed up and who found it really useful. Even for me, I mean, as the, you know, part of the team facilitating them, you still find it useful. I mean, I always, I tell my students as well, like, you know, I can teach yoga into a camera, but it's not the same. I, it doesn't give me the same, um, kind of feedback or joy I also want to see my students as much as the students want to see their teacher I the teacher also wants to see their students you know um, it's lonely both ways if you mm -hmm. are teaching to nobody uh, so I've I've been really happy it's, uh, to be able to teach even if you know it's only one or two people sometimes it's still so nice to have that five minutes before class where you're just chatting um, and then five minutes at the end because I usually record the classes because some of the moms can't attend at the exact time that I've been teaching. Um, what else has been keeping me sane? God, I don't know. But you brought up some great, great things. And, and uh, what's really cool that is sticking in my brain. Um, and I will say that my brain is different now. Like there's like, I just, uh, I, I, I'm usually fairly, um, oh my God, this is such a good example. I'm trying to explain how I can usually talk well. <laughs> I can't think of the word that I feel like I'm using. I had mentioned this to my uh, to last week's guest too of um, like the uh, it feels like my brain like I go into the file to look for the word and uh -huh. and like I hollow out a blank piece of paper and my brain's like <laughs> and like it's just it's just kind of like it's it's operating in a different way because mm -hmm. I have had to put time into um, well uh, researching uh, projecting yeah. like these are the things that we have to kind of think about in. And, um, uh, you know, uh, before I get into that, I, I loved your suggestion about, um, you know, connecting to people and even just sending the memes and stuff like that with other moms, other women. That is also the stuff that's getting me through is like a comedy and the dark comedy is the real juicy, hilarious thing that it feels like this is a dark comedy moment. Yeah. Oh, you know? like, uh, that's what really captures the essence of it. Cause it is hilarious and grotesque as, as is life. <laughs> But, um, and then also like you talking about the five minutes before class and the five minutes after, honestly, that's probably some of my favorite parts of yoga anyway, right? Like, is that yeah. kind of that connection? <laughs> but I didn't even realize it exactly. These, because you take it, yeah. you take it for granted, right? Um, yeah. But, uh, and then when you don't have it, when you, when you're just doing a video, I mean, I always said that like, it takes a really skilled teacher to teach via video. Um, it's really hard. It's a different kind of uh teaching ability um because you, you know you're not connecting with anybody um and just even being able to have somebody there on the other side of the video helps it it, it makes it a little bit more of a real uh, interactive experience so that's been definitely beneficial to me um i wanted just to add about the the part like connecting sending memes and stuff but like even just being able like to send a message to your friend and be like, are, are you going to kill your partner? Cause like, <laughs> like, is this what's happening at your house? Because like, this is what's happening at mine. And then being like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, like getting messages and be like, 
like, I don't think I can handle it. And we're like, yeah, we're fighting like cats and dogs too sometimes. Just being like, you know, it's normal. Like you're stuck in a house. We've been stuck in the house with each other. Now it's like things are a little bit lifted. You can go for walks, you can go for runs, but it's still not the same. Like you're still basically living day in, day out with the same few people. And it's obvious that you're going to get on each other's nerves. And then you, you know, you, like you, when you reach out and you talk to your friends, you're like, oh, okay, this is all like normal stuff. Because if you go on just regular social media and you see posts from people, like nobody's posting and actually kind of thank God because, you know, like you don't really want people posting seriously personal stuff on Facebook, but you know, it's not the same as just like connecting one-on-one with people. Like you, social media gives you the chance to like see stuff that other people are doing and get lots of great articles and funny things but it doesn't give you the same sort of like connection with people that just even sending a message or a voice message or whatnot um or or facetiming and just chatting with people can do and and that kind of makes you feel much more normal i think um when you can do that this is is exactly the point is like we're, we're sinking our teeth into anything that can feel quote unquote normal Right. So it, it, and, and or will normalize our experience. And um, shout out to my husband, Justin, whenever he does listen to this, because he does listen to the pods. Um, we were actually fighting a lot more before he came home because uh, it was so stressful. And he was in the Netherlands and we were having to make all these decisions every day. And uh, I just want to give a shout out and thanks to you because you were my friend on the ground. Uh, and it was, uh, you who we were messaging back and forth and I knew the rest of the world hadn't caught up yet on, because it was not believable, right? Like it it was just, it was so over the top. It was so a Hollywood movie. It was just so big that, uh, mid February, uh, uh, I, I knew of course what was going on. I think it was maybe like end of February, beginning of March, we started messaging just a little bit and, um, uh, I mentioned your, you, you, you were like, you know, uh, you were the first person to tell me that the limiter is ventilators. Yeah. And, um, uh, I was like, oh, okay. And so you, th- it was the information that you gave me as a, as a, as a friend that then I could insert into the formula that Justin and I had of, of risks. Cause really this is what it is. It, it's a, it, you're doing everything. No one's talked about this, which is like really sh- surprising. It's, it's just probabilities. You're just constantly looking at risks and probabilities. What is the riskier behavior here? What is the contamination factor of a playground? What is, so it's just constantly mitigating risks and because nothing is risk-free, right? And, and uh, that's what we've had to do is kind of like, uh, what's an acceptable risk? Going to the grocery store because you have to get food, right? Yeah. And then um, what are the unacceptable risks? And uh, it was reaching out to you and um, uh, you had mentioned how hard it was there. And I kind of um, darkly, because I didn't have a whole lot of faith in um, systems. I said, yeah, I imagine the rest of the world's going to get like that. And I felt bad after I mentioned that to you because you were like, geez, I hope not. Because you were like seeing it all. And I had zero faith in the world, right? I'm like, like, I know what they treat climate change like. Like, you're not going to think this is real either. But what's funny was... um, uh, I think we were both right <laughs> that, that, you know, uh, we did figure out, most of the world did figure out how to mitigate and reduce things. So here in Newfoundland, I don't know if you're keeping up with the up-to-dates, but we ha- we've had like two cases in the last two weeks or something. Yeah, and, I'm really uh, happy. Yeah, there's only like 11 active cases in the whole island slash province. Uh, so we have done amazing um, here. Uh, but of course, there are other places that aren't. And the other thing in our messaging that was really funny was uh, I was panicking when the UK, so Justin's over in the Netherlands, we're trying to figure out, do we get our asses over to the Netherlands? Do we, do like, what do I do here? And, um, and then I seen that the UK, Boris Johnson had decided to do nothing because they were going to do herd immunity. And um, uh, I was like, Gabby, have you seen this? <laughs> and you were like, no, this, this can't, no. And then y- you said something so perfect and you were so right. You said, well, that's what he thinks, talking about Boris. Uh, he's like, oh yeah, he's a right winger. He probably is worried, doesn't want to pay pensions or something you said, which was again, so right. And then, um, <laughs> you, then you said, well, just wait until someone he cares about gets it. Then he'll change his tune. Who got it that he cared about? Himself. <laughs> <laughs> And where did he change his tune then? And I was like, Kathy was so right. Oh my God. Yes. 
Well, I mean, it's really, um, I think, I mean, you can, we can see what's happening in, in the US and it's, it is, I mean, a, 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 it's complicated also here, you know, people, people's livelihoods are, are at, at stake and that is really, really important. I mean, um, so for, for one, first of all, Italy was hit super hard. I mean, there's lots of theories, lots of ideas about why, I mean, one of, one of the main reasons, you know, that comes kind of to my mind is the interaction between different generations that happens in Italy on a daily basis. You know, children do spend a lot of time with their grandchildren. We are, uh, you know, many more people in a smaller area. If I so had so many people at home from Newfoundland be like, well, you know, you must be able to go out for walks. And it's like, guys, if 1.3 million people go and walk around a town that's only four kilometers long, <laughs> or like the diameter is only four kilometers, I mean, that's basically everybody walking next to each other. Like, no, we're not allowed to go for walks. Only recently have we been able to go and do exercise more than 200 meters from our residence. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's a lot of people in a small area. Um, it's also, people don't think that much of Milan being such an international place, but you know, mid-February was International Fashion Week here. Right. Um, and people from all over the world were, were coming to Milan. Milan gets a lot of tourists. So, um, you know, there are people who think it was here much before it started. There are people who think that um, the way it was handled wasn't handled well. And there are people who think that, you know, what was done was done with the best that could be done. Um, I, I tend to think that the, the government did uh, as much as they could do. I'm sure there was room for improvement. Now, uh, I know I'm happy that, that things are being loosened a little bit. I don't know how well it will work out, but I kind of think at some point um, our mental health needs it. Our mental health and also our, our physical health. You know, I see my kids who are used to, I mean, I'm an adult, so if I need, you know, if I want to get some exercise, you know, I find a video online and I do it, or I, you know, I make myself do jumping jacks until I'm tired. Um, you know, but my kids, um, Physically, they used to go swimming and, you know, be in soccer and dance classes and stuff like that. Um, they don't do that anymore. They're just stuck inside their apartment. They don't have gardens. Um, and it's, it's a shame for them as well, you know, even on that aspect. Um, I, it's, it's, there's, there's lots of things that have been really, really stressful. Um, you know, I'm happy that Newfoundland, for example, has had so few cases and I understand the reasoning for, for kind of closing off the island for, for tourists, for non-residents this summer. But as someone like me who has two older parents living in the island, the thought of not being allowed in if anything happened to them is, is devastating and super stressful. Um, I'll just pause you. You're a Canadian citizen, so you are always welcome in Canada. Thank you. Yeah. But it, I mean, feasibly, I, I, if you I got if that, you got that from our MP specifically. <laughs> That's <laughs> good. We were like, what if it gets closed down? But no, but for you, I know, but I know it is complicated um, for that. But honestly, that is our only way to stay above it. Kathy? No, of course. You, you it, makes, it, it makes sense. You do it the New Zealand way, right? So of course. Um, the only way that it comes to the island now, just like in New Zealand and yeah. other islands is when people bring it in. Uh, yeah. so, but it is really hard and it's that psychological, like that lack of flexibility, that lack of being able to go home if you, if you wanted to uh, go home is really what's playing with people. I think the uncertainty is one of the things that bugs them. Well, more than, yeah, more than not even, I mean, logistically, not even, even if they, if, you know, if I did have permission and, and it was possible, I mean, you know, I, I'm coming from Milan, Newfoundland is an island, you know, like the, the logistics of getting into Canada and then getting to Newfoundland, which is an island. I mean, it's just, it's just stressful. We've had, we've lost a family member um, and we weren't able to have a funeral. We weren't able to see anybody. Um, you know, it's, it's sad. Um, there was a kid at my door. Um, and I guess like, you know, you kind of, you kind of get through it. Um, by taking deep breaths, by doing like what you like what you said, doing whatever you can do to have sort of like a sense of normalcy, um, and it's rough, and and just having faith and hope that it it's going to get better soon. 
So with, with some lifting, and of course, there's been various levels of lockdown worldwide, depending on density and numbers and all that. Um, so some things are lifted so that you guys can go out and walk around now. Yes. Um, and is there, so here in Newfoundland, we have like a five alert system similar to New Zealand's. Is that what you guys have? Are there certain alerts that you allow you to have more and more freedoms? Or is it just kind of the government is just announcing certain times that you guys uh, go out or what is like it? phases like now we're in phase two which didn't really seem much different from phase one to be honest (laughs) everyone was really really confused um but basically like i guess for us what has changed because technically like you're not supposed to just you know go out for the sake of it um you're allowed to go out uh like you were before to the grocery stores and and stuff like that some places have reopened people can go back to the office um hours are kind of being shared between people. So there's not as many people in the office at any time. Um, For us, it's the fact that you're allowed to go out and and do exercise more like to, you know, to run or to bike um, more than 200 meters for your house. So now we can put the kids on the bikes and we can go for a bike ride, which which is a, a really good way of being able to take the kids out and making sure that they don't touch anybody. <laughs> right, I know. That's the thing no one else seems to be talking about either, especially when I was uh, uh, only parenting when Justin wasn't here and I had to take her into stores, right? Yeah. And Because uh, it's not like I could have some, uh, of course, talking about Violet, it's not like I could have someone um, watch her while I went to Costco and uh, people with their judging eyes and everything. But um, uh, she just wanted to touch everything. And I was just yeah. constantly yelling, don't touch that. Don't put your mouth there. Oh my God, the bad cold. That's what we've, we've been calling it, the bad cold. Yeah. Oh my God, the germs. And I was just this shrieking, freaked out mom, right? <laughs> like, and um, uh, I, uh, like psychologically, it's a lot different now because, you know, it's like, oh, only 11 active cases. Like, like your brain yeah, yeah. math. And it's like, the probability is so freaking small, yeah. right? And uh, uh, as for now. And of course can change anytime, but I think that's what's the, the stressful thing for me is, is, um, uh, or stressful perhaps not the right word, maybe exhausting. So even though I have allowed myself a certain level of safety, you know, your numbers are going down. So, you know, like the, the probability of, of risk is, is getting smaller and smaller. So you can kind of logically frontal lobe understand that, but you're still got so much of your, um, uh, is it parasympathetic or sympathetic? I always mix them up with the system that's on alert. Uh, that's like, like, you know, ready to go full throttle into yeah. survival mode again, because the numbers can go up so quickly. So, so how are you uh, with that kind of process? And um, uh, yeah, what do you guys say about that? Oh, um, I get so like, you know, with the kids, um, I worry, I have one son, I want, I have one son in general, but my one son, and he does have an autoimmune disorder. Um, so, uh, of course, for him, we, you know, we were just sort of like a little bit more nervous. Then, of course, you know, you try and keep in mind that kids have been, you know, less affected. Um, and you just, I mean, quite frankly, it's sort of like, you know, what can I really do? I've got a two-year-old. There's nothing I can do with her. I got to wash her hands and, you know, put some gel on her and and try and keep her away from people as much as possible that's all i can do you know and with my older kids you know just explain to them when we come home uh you know because you know for the most for the most part for the most like eight weeks the only place they were going was literally the parking lot of the condominium where we live in so we would go downstairs and there were two other families and we all kind of just like silently had this agreement that like when one family was down there I mean like Lisa I was doing it and nobody ever came down when we were down there so I think the whole like kind of you know all of the families were sort of like okay there's one group of kids down there so like you know we won't go down um you know come home take off your shoes wash your hands don't touch anything till you wash your hands and wash your hands till you like sing happy birthday kind of thing. Um, and, and that's kind of it. Like, you know, we, we didn't, we were lucky. We don't, we didn't take them to the grocery stores. Um, either of them. I took Lila one time. Um, she's older. So I mean, but even then she's older. You say like, don't touch. And you look at her and you're like, what are you doing? I just, I just told you not to touch anything. <laughs> 
but they're, they're, I mean, they're kids and you don't, you want to, you also don't want to like, you know, scar them too much. I the know. Other way. Um, how many, how I, many germaphobes and agoraphobes are we creating? I know. I know. <laughs> Um, there, there, I've seen this thing, this article for this, this bracelet that is supposed to beep if a kid gets too close to another kid. And I just think that it is, I mean, because one of the, one of the most beautiful things about Italian culture, um, that I, I think about Italian culture, maybe it's just European culture is the physical contact Mm -hmm. that people have, you know, you can, you still have children hugging, kissing their teachers. Mm -hmm. You still have people when they meet each other giving the two kisses giving the hugs you know people are um loving and it, it's really you know for a canadian when i first walked into it i was just like why are you standing so close to me <laughs> <laughs> and now i kind of told someone the other day that i'm like i'm kind of living my canadian dream here in milan because it's the first time that i'm walking down the side of the road and somebody like really makes way like or i'm in the grocery store because you know like in the grocery store you you're kind of yeah. just like why are you on top of me? And now it's yeah. like, it's, it's like really, you've got some space between you. So I'm kind of back in my comfort zone, which is what I'm used to. Um, but, uh, you know, you just kind of, kind of roll with it. Just be like, make smart choices. Like I think a majority of us are able to make smart choices. Sometimes they get really frustrated because you know, now in this phase two thing, you know, like if, if I was out on Saturday, I had to go to the studio uh, to film um, something. So I took my, my kid because it was a kid's yoga class and walking back up the main road, you know, like there are people everywhere and yeah, they have their masks on, but like, you know, you don't know if that mask is actually any good or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, who they are. So you're standing waiting in line or you're in a store with these close people. You don't know who they are, then you're not allowed to stay at home and just see one friend or a family friend that you know who they are and what they've done. Mm. Um, and so it's kind of frustrating. It's like, okay, I could be on the side of the road with God only knows who, but I can't make a you know conscious informed decision <laughs> to have mm. a play date for my kid. That would be yeah. really important for their yeah. mental health. You, you raised a really great point. So Justin just sent me a picture of him and Violet were at the park and it was a picture of her and her best friend, Aura. Shout out to Aura. Aura got mentioned last episode too when Violet was on the podcast. Uh, but Aura and Violet, who are best friends, have known each other since they were like three months old. Um, I haven't seen each other since school starts. It closed. And uh, the picture was of Violet on one side of a park bench and Aura on the other side of the park bench, just smiling. So they just kind of happen to be in the park. So like, it's almost like these happenstance uh, meetups <laughs> are okay, supposedly. Um, so, you know, I guess, I guess what it comes down to it, Kathy, is you and I are smart people. People listening to this podcast are smart people. Uh, but there are others who um, just are in disbelief of science and, and just, just denial, not just a river in Egypt. And when you have something that is as infectious and, and yeah. just communicable, uh, you know, and people are so laxy daisy and just kind of like, this can't be true. This is, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've warmed up, had a little bit of compassion for the, the, the deniers lately. Cause I just had rage. I just had, I'm a, I'm a truth teller. <laughs> so I just had blind rage, like shut up. I'm going to kill you. Oh. But now I've gotten to a place of like, oh my God, this is so scary. You guys just shut down, you know, like, and it was like, okay, this can't exist. So there's going to be in a, in a standard deviation of people, there'll be people like, you know, us all <laughs> who could make smart choices and be responsible for like the, the good, but even us, we'll forget ourselves, right? Like, and go into the, the, the six meters and, and, and all that. So, you know, it's kind of fascinating to watch. It's also fascinating to watch how different nationalities and their identities react to their governments because Italians are kind of more like my government can tell me whatever I'm going to do whatever right and Canadians are more compliant right well I actually I actually think that I've seen some stuff that is actually different because so I've seen a lot of stuff uh, talking about like even you know Air Canada said that they were going to take the temperature of people uh, and there was like a huge how this is a privacy violation privacy rights violation. Utterly ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. But here if you go 
I was curious. <laughs> you go to the was, grocery store, take your, I, I, I want to go in the grocery store here. They take my temperature. Like that just makes sense to me, but that's just science, right? Like, like there is, but in Canada, we are a culture who like, you know, personal privacy and safety and uh, the word I'm looking for freedoms is kind of core to our identity. Yeah. Um, but um, I was furious when Ju- Justin Moot flew from uh, Amsterdam at the at the time to Toronto to uh, Newfoundland, not one single temperature check, not one single anything. No one asked him for his, uh, anything, um, and he could declare uh, promise that he was going to do a fourteen day quarantine when he got here, and that was it. And I was just infuriated. I was like, "Well, how are we going to close it down if there's if we're just on the honor system and?" What? Well, I remember the one, the guy on the CBC radio, <laughs> yes. the morning show in St. John's, and I still didn't get a satisfactory. I hope someone from the CBC will listen to this podcast. I mean, the response back from them, first of all, the fact that they would have played a song from The Sound of Music uh, because the guy said he felt like he was escaping from the Nazis when he was oh, I didn't. I didn't know that, Kathy. I didn't know they yeah. did that. Yeah, uh, they played that, a song from The Sound of Music. How, how not serious people were taking it. So that was, that was CBC, right? Uh, yeah. The, no, I, I, I think he knew it was serious. I mean, he left specifically because he knew that otherwise he would have to stay in his house and he would be under quarantine. And he decided that... No, he uh, knew. I'm saying CBC didn't know. CBC, in fact. And I wrote them and I said, I hope, I hope it doesn't happen. But when it does, when, when it does arrive in Canada and you are all under quarantine, that you realize that this act was not heroic in any sense of mm-hmm. the imagination, but in, in fact, uh, super selfish. Yeah. So uh, just to back up, I'm not sure if people, listeners would get it, but so someone left Northern Italy just before the lockdown uh, went in and uh, yes. called CBC and was kind of regarded as a hero who just made it home under the wire. But yes. I, think, I think it does speak to a world when we couldn't fathom how serious this was, you know, like, and how everything before, all the SARS and the MERS and all of that, we, it just, sure, it seemed like fear-mongering from the media. It might have got a little bit bad in, in uh, different parts that are very population dense in um, Asia. But of course, you know, you still hear it in the stupid things governors say down in the States is like, oh, Mississippi, you'll never be China. It's like, yeah, because China's well run. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you guys are thinking? You know, it's like, it's a communicable disease. This is utterly ridiculous. But, uh, you know, just kind of go back to your idea of uh, making smart choices. Yes, we can make smart choices. And this is kind of just what we have to focus on. This is what I'm actually going to name this podcast and everything is make smart choices. As soon as you said, I was like, that's exactly right. You make smart choices. And that's what you said to me when I was freaking out um, because I was trying to figure out this whole, do you wear a mask? Don't you wear a mask thing? And, um, uh, there hadn't been anything, everything in Canada. And Dr. Tam is the chief medical officer here. And she's been amazing and communicative and, you know, very great, uh, to kind of lead this. And she said, you know, like there's more risks wearing a mask. So I get all the data and this, and then there was a woman who I think was having, you know, a bit of a bit of a hard day and she had really dug her heels into the no you should wear a mask to protect yourself and even went to swear to say on my Facebook page if you leave if you bring yourself and your daughter to Costco without a mask you're putting your your and your family's lives in danger and it was like oh my god guy like Jesus Christ so now I'm crying and I don't know what to do but I gotta go to the store and then you in all your beautiful make smart choices wisdom wrote me and you said, Kelly, you're a smart woman. You're analytical. You've looked at the evidence. You got to go get food for your family. You got to go get food with for your family. You'll make smart choices there uh, and you'll be fine. And I was like, thanks, Kathy. Wipe my face. <laughs> I mean, that's all I needed. Like, I think you're exactly it. You were the voice of reason. And uh, uh, that's what we'll, we'll leave the, the people with is uh, make smart choices. Is there anything empowering you'd like to leave people with in this? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I believe in, in, in the capacity of, of all of us. Uh, I think that we all have within us the ability to make the decisions that are, are, are right for ourselves, um, taking obviously into consideration um, 
not just our own well-being, but the well-being of those around us. And I think, I think for the most part, people will make, um, like we said, smart decisions. Um, I don't think there's any real benefit that comes from um, shaming people who, who are obviously trying to figure out um, what is the right course of action for them. I mean, I, I remember seeing this Facebook interaction and, and I don't think that calling people names and, and just telling them that they're being stupid or, or endangering people is necessarily helpful um, because people don't usually change their opinions just if they're, if they're being insulted. <laughs> um, face masks are, are debatable. Um, you know, I also here, for example, took my daughter to the grocery store at the very beginning and there, there was a cashier wearing a, a mask um, mask and gloves. He's a cashier. Um, and you know, the person in front of me insulted him kind of like, just, you know, like, and then the, you know, then the person behind me started insulting. And I actually said, you know, all in, all in a dime. And I was like, I'm sorry, but what, what does it matter to you? What does it, it doesn't hurt you. Him. It's, he wants to wear a mask. He's seeing probably 5,000 people a day. It's his choice. You know, he's not putting his mask on you. It's his life. It's his life. He's a cashier. He doesn't, you know, and I just sort of kind of was like, leave, leave him alone. You know, like he's not hurting you. Uh, you know, it's like, of course, the, the situation in London, you know, where someone went and spit on, uh, you know, uh, an employee of the metro uh, subway line. That's a completely different thing. That's somebody going out and doing something that is going to actually hurt another human being. But, you know, if we're all trying to make, make decisions and take steps to protect our family and to be safe, um, you know, we should be compassionate with each other. When I was staying home at the very beginning and, and being extra cautious, I had lots of people be like, oh, you're being, you know, you're overreacting why are you staying home? I'm sure we can still meet up at the park. And I was like, you know, I really, I just want to stay home with my kids. I don't have to be out. Anyhow, my studio is closed because I'm, you know, I, I wasn't, we weren't allowed to open from the basically the very first day. Um, and, you know, I, I, like I said, I think if people are trying to make the decisions that they feel are right for their family to be safe, um, then we should just be, you know, kind of respectful, try to understand their point of view, have a conversation about it instead of, instead of just, you know, uh, going straight to you're wrong or that's not, that's not right. Or mm. kind of, it made me think of something else, but I won't, I won't get into it. Um, it's, it's just, you know, like, I think a lot of women are really frustrated here because there's all this talk about rebooting, you know, the economy and going back to work and there's there's nothing basically for how we're able to do that while um while having children you know and it's it's just really 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 indicative of what the italian government and population consider think about the value of women there was like this article just out about like the percentages of like what Italian people for versus what I think it was from for the other uh, Finland, what Finnish people think. And the numbers were shocking, like the percentage of how many people think that men can be a good caregiver and how many people think that like women really would just be more happy to stay at home. I'll see if I can send you the, the, the article, but it was shocking. It was like, you know, like only 18% of, of men think that like women want anything beyond being home with the kids. And, and you're like, is this 1920 or 2020? <laughs> and in Finland, it was like 86% of men think that like women want something outside of the house. Like, you know, like completely, completely different. I mean, it's just, it's, it's sad. So a lot of women are, have, a lot of women have lost their jobs here. A lot of women will lose their jobs just because they won't be able to go back to work. They won't, they don't have anybody to take care of their kids. Right. Um, and you know, uh, it's, it, it's wrong and it's, it's stupid and it's not a smart choice because when you have women, uh, like you said, in decision-making, uh, power positions or in the workplace on teams, 
you know, it's a different perspective. It's, you know, like you wouldn't hire the exact same person um, for every team player. You wouldn't hire, the, you know, the same person from the same uh, program with the same four interests. You know, you want to have people from different backgrounds with different ideas, different ways of thinking and different ways of doing. Well, so Kathy, that you- that's only if you want a comprehensive, <laughs> multifaceted solution, right? So I guess. <laughs> <laughs> multifaceted solution you just keep ordering keep hiring mm-hmm. this, I, I posted this on strong woman co uh today it's a, a article about women in italy it says women have been on the front lines of italy's war on coronavirus but shut out from task force leading response thousands of women also thousands of women also furious with government as they say is clueless about their needs so yeah. this is one of the things that you were absolutely clueless about there. And that's the thing is like the, the places that have been led by women have fared really well uh, in our yeah. world. And uh, it's uh, proven, um, you know, I am no biological determinism, but I also don't ignore patterns. Uh, and it is proven that women leaders um, are uh, more consensus building, more lateral with their power. Um, so, you know, they've gotten uh, better buy-in from their uh, constituents. Like uh, amazing Jacinda Arden was like doing Facebook lives from like her pajamas practically in her room, like answering questions, you know, and like Merkel with her like education plans. And, and, and we've seen great leadership from women. And, um, and we also see these, the great bravery from women because so many nurses and doctors are women and caregivers and, and uh, old age homes and, you know, uh, uh, teachers and all of the, these folks. So, you know, um, I think that it's almost a Rosie the Riveter moment uh, where we're seeing, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You want to look at like death numbers <laughs> of the places, you know, that were, uh, have been ruled uh, by men versus women um, uh, and, and just the policies. And, and I think that, um, you know, a lot of us women folk are seeing like, oh my God, I can do better. I, I can do better than these guys, you know? And uh, we, we do make choices. We, w- women in general, in my very biased opinion, because I am a human in this world and we're all biased, <laughs> uh, my, in my biased opinion, uh, women make smart choices in general. Well, another general. positive, out, another positive out, uh, outlook is that this whole um uh outbreak has provided us with a new generation of strong powerful women to look up to as role models so but on that note i am going to leave you because it's almost 9 p.m (laughs) i love you thank you sister thank you make smart choices thank you thank you thank you for uh strong women co because i know a lot of people uh definitely enjoy it and look up to it and use it as a source of inspiration and this podcast because i love podcasts and i love yours so Thank you so much for the conversation, Kathy. It was fun and nourishing and insightful and uh, super helpful, I know, for myself and a bunch of other people. And now for the featured song of the day, of the show. The song's a bit different um, because I was thinking a lot about what kind of song that would capture the vibe of the show of making smart decisions, make smart choices, which I do believe that we are all capable of doing. Uh, especially when we're encouraged to do so. And I was thinking a lot about the graduating classes of um, 2020 that aren't going to get their graduations and their ceremonies and their fancy dresses and tuxes and all of that. And it reminded me, of course, of my uh, graduation. And there was a big song out at the time, my graduation, that it it kind of uh, was the song of the year. So this is a little bit untraditional because it isn't a female voice who sings this or speaks this song, but it was written by a woman. It's Baz Luhrmann's Everybody's Free or Everyone's Free to Wear Sunscreen, and it was written by Mary Schmidt, who is a a Chicago Tribute journalist. Uh, She's 63. She continues to write her column three times a week for the paper, Um, and it was her words that uh, are spoken by a uh, voice actor, but there's so many jewels of wisdom into this uh, little song, a spoken word song. It also reminded a lot of folks about uh, Deserata, uh, out in the 70s or 80s. But no matter who you are, a new grad, a 
an experienced mom, uh, a woman in her 60s, 70s, 80s, we can all learn and make good choices, make smart choices to move us forward, to uh, invest in our future, um, and also just have the appreciation for the things that we have right now. So I will leave it to Baz Luhrmann and Mary Schmidt's uh, words, and uh, maybe you'll get a little nostalgic uh, or maybe remember something, or maybe you hear it for the first time. But this, in 1999, when I was graduating, this was the song on the radio. I hope you enjoy. Make smart choices, everyone. You got this. Ladies and gentlemen of the class of 97, where sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Oh, never mind. You will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they fade it. But trust me, in 20 years, you look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked. You are not as fat as you imagine. Don't worry about the future. Or worry, but know that worrying is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind. The kind that blindsides you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that scares you. Sing. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Don't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Floss. Don't waste your time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. The race is long, and in the end, it's only with yourself. Remember compliments you receive. Forget the insults. If you succeed in doing this, tell me how. Keep your old love letters. Throw away your old bank statements. Stretch. Don't feel guilty if you don't know what you want to do with your life. The most interesting people I know didn't know at 22 what they wanted to do with their lives. Some of the most interesting 40-year-olds I know still don't. Get plenty of calcium. Be kind to your knees. You'll miss them when they're gone. Maybe you'll marry. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll have children. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll divorce at 40. Maybe you'll dance the funky chicken on your 75th wedding anniversary. Whatever you do, don't congratulate yourself too much. Or berate yourself either. Your choices are half chance. So are everybody else's. Enjoy your body. Use it every way you can. Don't be afraid of it or what other people think of it. It's the greatest instrument you'll ever own. Dance. Even if you have nowhere to do it but in your own living room. Read the directions, even if you don't follow them. Do not read beauty magazines. They will only make you feel ugly. Brother and sister, together we'll make it through. Someday our spirit will take you and guide you there. know your parents. You never know when they'll be gone for good. Be nice to your siblings. 
They're your best link to your past and the people most likely to stick with you in the future. Understand that friends come and go, but with a precious few, you should hold on. Work hard to bridge the gaps in geography and lifestyle, because the older you get, the more you need the people you knew when you were young. Live in New York City once, but leave before it makes you hard. Live in Northern California once, but leave before it makes you soft. Travel. Accept certain inalienable truths. Prices will rise. Politicians will philander. You too will get old, and when you do, you'll fantasize that when you were young, prices were reasonable, politicians were noble, and children respected their elders. Respect your elders. Don't expect anyone else to support you. Maybe you have a trust fund. Maybe you'll have a wealthy spouse. You never know when either one might run out. Don't mess too much with your hair, or by the time you're 40, it will look 85. Be careful whose advice you buy, but be patient with those who supply it. Advice is a form of nostalgia. Dispensing it is a way of fishing the past from the disposal, wiping it off, painting over the ugly parts, and recycling it for more than it's worth. But trust me, on the sunscreen.